There are some sermon notes that uh, go with this morning's message, so if you haven't got any sermon notes, if you can put your hand up, our hosts will get some into your hands uh, in just a minute or two, so they uh, will work on that, so if you can just do that would be fantastic. Just hold your hands up nice and tall. You ready for the word this morning? Excellent. Praise God. (laughs) Heavenly Father, I thank you for the power of your word that penetrates into our hearts. It brings about a kingdom revelation of who you are and what you can do in our lives. Father, I thank you that as your word comes into our hearts today, that you'll do something amazing, that we'll get a form of revelation of of, uh, exactly what you want to do in our lives. Father, I pray that faith is stirred this morning. Stir our faith. Lord, uh, Continue to, to work on our faith. Kickstart our faith if it's, uh, it's, it's running low. Father, in the name of Jesus, do a work in our faith this morning. Amen. 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 Cool. I know that... Uh, is this just a little bit ringy or is that uh, all right? It's all right? Cool. Excellent. A couple of weeks ago, um, I spoke about uh, daring to give God our best and we saw some great things that we learned through being an effective soldier and a competitive athlete, but also a productive farmer. And this morning, I just want to dig a little bit deeper into the thought of being a productive farmer, because I believe that there's uh, something here for us to discover about daring to plant in faith. So this morning's message is part seven of the Daring Faith series. And uh, it's uh, uh, a series that we've been uh, doing that's based on uh, a series of messages that came out of Saddleback Church with uh, Rick Warren and uh, just uh, been using that uh, quite extensively to be able to help in, in the formulation of this, uh, this series. So we're daring to plant in faith this morning, daring to plant in faith. Right from the outset, you know, that uh, I believe that God's set in, in place laws that govern our world. Uh, we see the law of gravity, that what goes up must come down. Uh, how many of his kids learnt that when you're jumping off the car or the shed roof? Um, uh, you're jumping out of the, uh, the apple tree or something, you know, you, you found out that whatever went up has got to come down. Sometimes it comes down really gracefully and it's a really good look, but sometimes it's not so graceful. You know, no matter how much uh, you, you put on the, uh, your mum's best towel as a cape, it's just not going to save you, okay? And in fact, it didn't save me from my mum either. But there you go. So there's the law of gravity. You know, the, the, these laws are in place. There's the law of sowing and reaping, the, the law of planting and harvesting. And, and, and Genesis uh, chapter 8, verses, verse 22, uh, God says, as long as the earth endures, who knows that the earth is still enduring? Otherwise, we're... The earth is still enduring, okay? So as long as the earth endures, there will be seed time and harvest. I want to say to you this morning that these laws are still in effect today. They haven't been superseded. They haven't uh, been uh, overtaken with technology. Uh, it's, it's not uh, something that has just been uh, gone away with just because we've progressed and become so, so smart in the things that we can do. This is a law established by God and it's still in effect today. Galatians chapter 6 verse 7 says, don't be misled. So there's a possibility that we could be, but God's saying, don't be. He says, don't be misled. No one makes a fool of God. For what a person plants, 
He will harvest. Whatever you plant, you will harvest. The person who plants selfishness, ignoring the needs of others, ignoring God, harvests a crop of weeds. And all that we have to show for his life is is weeds. But the one who plants in response to God, letting God's Spirit do the growth work in him, harvests a crop of real life, eternal life. So this morning, as we're starting to talk about daring to plant in faith, I want us to discover some of God's principles about planting and harvesting, about sowing and reaping. For uh, probably thousands of years, it's simply been called the law of sowing and reaping. Uh, And the term is used to describe an old way of scattering seed. In other words, it used to be like broadcasting. It's it's the term called broadcasting. It used to broadcast the the seed out there. That's that's how it used to to be. Uh, And if we ignore this law of sowing and reaping, I'm going to say it's going to hurt us. It will hurt us. But if we use this law wisely, it's going to bless us. We have the power to bless or otherwise our own lives. We have that ability by the power of this law at work in our lives through this law of sowing and reaping. We can use it in every area of our lives. It's not just to do with finance. It's, it's something that we can actually start to employ and engage with in every area of our lives. Do you need more energy? Well, then sow energy into someone else. Do you need more time? Well, then give others more time. Do you need more money? Well, then start to, uh, to, to be a channel of blessing with your money. Do you need more talent? Well, then start to, to give your talents away. Do you need more love? Well, then love others. Do you need more friends? Then be friendly. You know, there's these things that are uh, in effect. We can start to put this into effect in our lives today. But you know what? There's some things that we need to understand about this thing called sowing and reaping. For us to reap like a productive farmer, we need to understand some things about God's law of planting and harvesting, of sowing and reaping. And so this morning, I want to give us 12 things that we need to know about God's laws of planting and harvesting so that we can intelligently and intentionally plant with a daring faith. Does that sound like someone would like to know this morning? Excellent. So 12 things. We can put into effect and and come to understand about this law of sowing and reaping so that we can intentionally and intelligently plant with daring faith. Number one, everything starts as a seed. Everything starts as a seed. Every idea, every dream, every achievement. This church was started as a seed. Our lives began as a seed. It all begins with a seed. God based everything living in this world on the seed principle. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 11, it says, God said, let the land have seed-bearing plants and trees that bear fruit with seed in it, according to their varieties. Other translations can say some other things as well. It says, you know, like, so one of the things you have to ask yourself is, what is a seed? A seed essentially is anything that uh, we have uh, see value in that we give away. Seed is something that anything we see uh, that has value that we give away. Time, money, appreciation, wisdom, energy, love. Anything of value that we give away can be a seed. Words can be a seed that's planted in people's minds. They grow and they bear fruit. So we must use our words wisely. Who's learned that lesson? I have too. I saw a powerful illustration uh, just uh, yesterday, and, and this uh, 
father is teaching his, his son the, uh, the effects of anger. And what he says was, okay, son, what I want you to do is every time that you feel angry, I want you to go out to this particular uh, big post and I want you to hammer in a nail every time that you feel angry into that post. So the first day comes along 32 times. He's hammered a fresh nail into this piece of wood. And over the progression of time, you know, slowly he's, 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 he's starting to discover that he's not hammering in as many nails because he's not getting anywhere near as angry as he used to get. And there comes finally a day where he says to his dad, hey, dad, I'm, I haven't hammered in a nail into that piece of wood all day. His dad says, that's fantastic. He says, now what I want you to do is that every time that you get a day where you don't, want to do, uh, like you don't have this uh, feeling of anger, I want you to go out there and I want to pull one of those nails out now. So every day goes past that he doesn't hammer in this nail, he doesn't get angry. He now pulls a nail out. He's able to control what he's doing. And then finally he goes to his dad. He says, Dad, I've pulled out all of the nails from this piece of wood. His dad says, fantastic. Let's go and have a look at that piece of wood, shall we? He says, okay, I want you to look at this piece of wood. He says, there's no nails in there. He says, no, there's not. He says, but there are holes. He says, this piece of wood will never be the same again because of the fact that there have been nails hammered into it. And no matter how many times we've taken those nails out, the effects of our anger will always be marked on this piece of wood. It's the same thing with our words, church. It's the same thing. Sometimes we have really good words that we share with people and that's something that goes into their hearts and they'll never be the same. But there's sometimes we've said stuff and it's out of our mouth and you're trying to catch that word to rein it back in, but the effect of it will always be seen on that piece of wood. So our words can actually have this effect in people's lives. They can be seeds and they grow and they bear fruit in people's lives. We must choose our words wisely. What kind of seeds are we planting in our relationships? What kinds of words are we planting in the the hearts of people around about us? Seeds of trust or mistrust, caring encouragement or critical discouragement, building up or tearing down the words that we sow we will reap so what are we sowing into the lives of people around about us right now secondly second thing we need to understand is nothing happens until the seed is planted nothing happens until the seed is planted if it's a seed it must be given away it must be planted It can't do anything if it stays in our hand or in our pocket. It can't stay uh, in our lives. If if we're wanting to see an effect or a a fruit from this particular seed, that it's got to be sown, it's got to be planted. Jesus said and used this principle to explain why he came to die on the cross. In John chapter 12, verse 24, it says, Jesus says, unless a grain of wheat is buried in the ground, it can't reproduce. But if it dies, it produces much fruit. See, lately... Well, not really lately. For a long time now, for a couple of years, I've started to really enjoy gardening. There was a period there that I didn't enjoy it, but now I've come to enjoy it. So, much to my wife's absolute joy and bliss, I can tell you. So, uh, um, a couple of uh, like times I've, I've, I've noticed this, that we've actually now got this community garden down in the church down there as well. Uh, if we have all these seeds, but we never plant them, guess what's going to happen to the community garden, nothing. You won't harvest a thing. In fact, uh, you'll probably just be weeding because the seeds will be from the, the weeds, they'll reproduce, but the things that we actually want to reproduce in the garden, nothing's going to happen. 
See, it's like a farmer who's buying seed and then being afraid to plant it, to give it away into the soil. He holds on to it. I said, I'm going to hold on to this. You know, I'm, I don't think I've got enough. It's just dumb for a farmer to be able to do that. Planting is actually an act of faith. Giving something away is an act of faith. It's saying, I believe something great will happen if I give what I have away. If I give to someone else, I pay it forward, as it were, and I plant something of value into the life of someone else. We're saying that it's going to be uh, uh, like it's, it's an act of faith. So planting is risky. I don't know if you noticed that or not. But, you know, because we can't see what's happening under the dirt. I, I would love to find out why my pumpkins don't grow. I would love to find out why some of the different fruits and vegetables that we planted don't grow. I'd love to go around and stick my head under the sand and and the dirt and stuff and say, hello, why aren't you growing? But that would look silly, so I won't do that. (laughs) You know, we can ask ourselves, what what if it fails? What if it fails to sprout? You know, we're tempted to dig it up. Well, Mark chapter 4, verse 26 to 27 says this. The kingdom of God is like someone who plants seed in the ground night and day, whether the person is asleep or awake. The seed still grows, but the person doesn't know how it grows. How true is that? How true is that? Nothing happens until a seed is planted. What seeds are we still holding on to and haven't planted in our lives? What seeds do we still fail to give away, fail to plant, in our lives. Seeds that we actually need to plant. Seeds that we actually need to reproduce in our lives. Why are they still dormant in our pocket, in our bank account, in our abilities, in our strengths, in our lives? What seeds do we need to plant? Thirdly, when we have a need, we should plant a seed. Turn to the person next to you. When you have a need, you need to plant a seed. Tell them that. When you have a need, you need to plant a seed. When you have a need, you need to plant a seed. What do you need to do? need to plant a seed if you have a need. Here's the point. Here's the point. A A farmer with no crops doesn't whinge or complain or even pray. A farmer with no crops just starts planting seed. Because they know and they recognize that if if, uh, they have a need, then they need to plant some seed. Here's an equation. No sowing equals no harvest. Basic mathematics. No sowing, no seeds. No, no, No harvest. No sowing, no harvest. Ecclesiastes 11 verse 6 says, Do your planting in the morning and in the evening too. You never know whether it will all grow well or whether one planting will do better than the other. In other words, make it a lifestyle. Make it something you don't just do once. I gave to God once, but nothing ever happened. I gave, you know, I was was friendly once. I was friendly once. You know that person? Okay, once. They're friendly once, and I never got a friend out of that. I invited someone over for a meal, but I never got an invitation back. Don't just do it once, but make it a lifestyle. Make it a habit so that you continually are replenishing what you're actually sowing because God's word doesn't lie. If you're sowing, then you're going to reap. At some point, there's going to be a reaping. It says, you know, while we think we're waiting on God for a job maybe, okay, or a friend or a miracle or we need some encouragement. 
God's waiting on us. We need to start planting those seeds today. If we want a job, okay, then get your CV, your curriculum vitae, into as many places as you possibly can. Then, rather than sitting back and doing nothing, how about you just volunteer and do some work for nothing? That's starting to sow. That's starting to plant seed in your, in your world. If that's what you need to, to happen, in your, if you're looking for a job, don't just sit back after you put your CVs in there, but go and start to volunteer somewhere. Because God sees that and he sees that that's what you're doing and you're going to start to, you can reap a harvest out of that. Well, I thought it was a good point. <clears throat> if you, you want a friend, be friendly. Rocket science, right there. That's, that's rocket science 101, okay? If we need a miracle, provide one for someone else. You say, well, how can I provide a miracle? Because 50 bucks or 20 bucks is actually someone else's miracle. And that's all it takes. It may take just five bucks, like to, for the bus fare to get down to the city for the job interview. They needed the miracle, and you giving them that five bucks provided that miracle. A miracle isn't just about a leg regrowing or, or a miraculous healing from cancer or something like that. A miracle can be as simple as you phoning someone and saying, I was thinking of you. It's as simple as that. It costs you nothing but a phone call or a thought and you can be the answer to someone's miracle. Because as you do that, someone will make sure, God will make sure that your miracle will come through too. encouragement, encourage someone else and you'll get it back. If we don't make a deposit, there is no return, church. Whatever we need more of, we need to give away. We need to sow it. What do you need more of today? What seed do you need to plant to meet your need? Fourthly, whatever we plant is what we will reap. Fourthly, whatever we plant is what we will reap. It's called the law of reproduction. If a farmer plants a field of wheat, what crop should he expect? Wheat. There you go. Wow, difficult. Galatians 6-7 says, you'll reap exactly what you plant. Genesis 1-11, we read it a little bit earlier. Let the land reproduce plants. Let them bear their own seeds and let there be trees on the land that bear fruit with seeds in it. Let each kind of plant or tree have its own kind of seeds. And that's exactly what happens. Other tree, uh, translations actually say uh, it's seed after its own kind. In other words, we will reap the same kind of seed that we have sown in whatever situation it needs to be. It works both ways. It can work for us and it can work against us. Whatever we dish out, we will get back. Okay? So we can't sow irresponsibility and reap success. Okay? You will never be successful sleeping in bed unless sleep is your objective. You can't be lazy and expect to reap a reward. We can't be stingy and expect to reap an abundance. The Bible is full of examples like this. Jacob, he cheated his brother and his father, and so his father-in-law cheated him. What he sowed, he reaped. Haman okay, was hung to death on gallows that he had prepared for someone else. In Galatians 6, verses 7 to 8, the person who plants selfishness, ignoring the needs of others and ignoring God, harvests a crop of weeds. That's all he'll have to show for his life. But, everyone say but. 
But the one who plants in response to God, letting God's Spirit do the work in him, harvests a crop of real life, eternal life. What seeds are we sowing? What seeds are we sowing? We will reap exactly the same seed that we have sown into someone else's lives. Here's number five. We're not the only sower. We are not the only sower. I'm not talking about sowing, okay, like doing some stitching. I'm talking about sowing. Some here today, you have a family history of abuse, alcoholism, and broken marriages. And what we need to do is to decide for the future generations that the chains break today. That's not going to be a part of my family's generation. It's going to be a part of my family's hierarchy or the, you know, the history going forward. You know what I mean? Okay. Everything we do has consequences. Our lives will affect future generations. And I believe that we need to be the catalyst for future generations to bring about the blessing of God. If your family history is dysfunctional, abusive, or harmful, then you be the one to break the start this cycle. You start sowing seeds of love, of goodness, of kindness, of generosity, of patience, and faithfulness in your relationships today. Because you'll set your, uh, the future generations up. You, we're not sowing for ourselves. We're sowing for the future generations. We're making things ready for the next generation that comes through. They should never have to fight the battles that we should have won. We should always uh, hope to, to, to bring our kids to a place of being able to be more successful than us. Bigger, better, brighter than we'll ever, ever be. Does that make sense? In John chapter 4 verse 38 says, I sent you to reap where you didn't plant. Others had already done work before you and you gather the harvest. And we worship today in a building okay, that many of you haven't sown into. But you're reaping a harvest of some, someone who went before you. Some never get to see the impact of their sacrifice that we're enjoying today. What seeds do we need to sow today to set someone else up for a blessing tomorrow? Number six, we always reap in a different season than we sow. Have you noticed that? We always reap in a different season than when we sow. Plants take time to grow. Okay, there's no instant maturity. I've spoken to my strawberry plants about this. I've said, you've got to pick your game up, boys. I'm expecting big things from you today. Hey? Are they girls? I've got female strawberry plants. I never knew. Who'd have thought? There's no instant fame. There is instant, uh, sorry, there's no, there is instant fame, but there's no instant success. There is instant fame, but there's no instant success. It takes time to gather wisdom. Ecclesiastes 3 verses 1 to 5 uh, abbreviated says, There's a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven, a time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to scatter and a time to gather. There's a time to sow and a time to reap. Fruit ripens gradually and it doesn't all ripen on the same day. Praise God. Praise God. I, a few weeks ago, we harvested our, uh, our apricot tree. And, and like some of the fruit was really ripe for harvesting and some was almost ripe. Some was well over ripe and some was not ripe at all. 
the point is this, that just like fruits and veggies, our seed is going to take time to grow and ripen before it's time to harvest it. For some of you, it's too late to, to sow for your harvest that you need today. You needed to be sowing weeks and months and years ago to be able to reap what you need in your life today. That's a, that's a fact of the matter. Okay, I'm just being honest with you this morning. Okay, We need to be sowing today for the harvest that we believe we're going to need for our tomorrow. Did you catch that? What are you believing for your future? What are you believing for your, your kids' futures? What are you believing for your business? What are you believing for your church? What are you believing for in your relationship with God? Because you've got to start to sow today what you're going to start to reap tomorrow, next week, next month, or next year. If your marriage is in trouble because you've been sowing seeds of abuse, emotional blackmail, you've become critical and condemning in your words to your spouse, but then suddenly you get this revelation of who God has partnered you together with, the value of that person. You see who they really are. And all of a sudden, this revelation causes you to to sow words of love and kindness and acts and and deeds that you just bless your spouse with from now now on. I've got to tell you right now, the effect of that is not going to be seen immediately. You will not reap immediately from the revelation that you got at that time because you just started to sow seeds of goodness into your relationship. So if your marriage is struggling this morning, ask yourself what seeds have you been sowing into your relationship with your spouse? You guys good this morning? You got a bit of Sunday-itis? Concentrating, cool. I love concentration. Number seven, because when we start to do that, when we start to to sow these seeds into people, number seven is we've got to realize we've got to be patient and not give up. Got to be patient and not give up. Are we waiting on a seed that we've planted? Don't get impatient and give up. Galatians 6, 9 says, let's not get tired of doing what's right for after a while we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't get discouraged and give up. God's word can be trusted. His principles stand the test of time. But will we? Will we continue to believe for our harvest, church? What seeds have we planted in the past and we're believing to reap a harvest? My encouragement to you is three words. Don't give up. Keep believing. That's five words. All right. Number eight, we will always reap more than we sow. It's called the law of multiplication. Jesus said in Mark chapter 4 verse 8, some seed fell on good soil, it came up, grew and produced a crop, multiplying 30, 60 and even 100 times. This works for and against us. It depends on the seeds that we are planting. There is exponential potential in every seed. You know, there's this old saying, you can count the seeds in an apple, but only God can count the apples that are in a seed. We planted one apricot tree, but I've got to tell you, we've harvested kilos of apricots out of that. Been absolutely amazing. God knows the harvest that's in our seed. We've got to believe in the Lord of the harvest. Amen? Number nine, we can increase our harvest by planting more seed. Stands to reason. 
We can increase our harvest by planting more seed. It's the law of proportion. We always reap in proportion to what we sow. 2 Corinthians 9 verses 6 to 7 says, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will reap generously. Each one should give what is decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. We get to choose how big our harvest is. How good is that? And sometimes, because of the dire situation that we're in, some of us are going to have to sow everything. <laughs> Who's your mama? How good is that? What faith it takes to sow everything. Like the woman with the two coins. Goes in. It's everything that she's got. Gives it to God. It's not recorded what happens as a result of that. But what is recorded is it got Jesus' attention. I'll leave you to think on that one. What do we need to give to get God's attention? We get to choose how big our harvest is. It's the law of generosity. It works for anyone who follows it. Proverbs 11.24 says, the world, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. Think about that. I encourage you, church, like get these notes during this week and start to meditate on some of this scripture. Because I believe that there's revelation here for people this morning. I believe that God will, will stir your faith as you begin to read the, these passages again and again and again. You start to meditate on, on them in your heart. How big do you really believe that you want your harvest will be? If we want to increase our harvest, we've got to plant more seed. Number 10, the more seed we plant, the more God will give us. 2 Corinthians 9.10 says, For God who supplies seed to the farmer and bread to eat will give you more and more seed to plant and will give, make it so uh, it grows so you can give more and more fruit from your harvest away. This verse, it, it's a promise about being generous with money. It's about deciding what we'll use as seed and what we'll use as feed. Are we hanging on to too much of it for ourselves, our own feed, rather than using it as a seed in the life of someone else? Have we held on to the seed for ourselves, or are we generously sowing it for the lives of other people? Number 11, we plant by faith, not by our feelings. We plant by faith, not by our feelings. Sometimes we just don't always feel like being generous or nice or kind or loving. But be it anyway. Sometimes we plant when we're tired, we're distracted, we're stressed, we're in a dark place, but it's in these times that we plant that we sow in spite of how we're feeling, expecting God to come through when we know we can't. That's why I admire Alina this morning. I admire Christiane this morning. Why? Why do I admire them? Because it was a sacrifice of praise this morning. Because sometimes we can have questions in our hearts and in our minds and in our lives about why did this happen? Why did this person get taken from us? Why is this happening to me? 
And it could cause us to walk away from God and to question God. But rather, they got in there and they said, you know what? In spite of it all, we're still going to praise God. We're still going to worship God. We're still going to give Him everything. That's sowing by faith, not by our feelings. Amen? We need to do that more and more, church. We need to do that more and more. We really do. Psalm 126, verse 5 to 6 says, Those who plant in tears will harvest with shouts of joy. They weep as they go to plant their seed, but they sing as they return with the harvest. Don't plant or sow based upon our feelings, but rather plant and sow by faith. Have faith in God, His Word, and His ways. If God tells you to do it, just do it. Just have that sort of faith. It's a done deal. Make the major decisions of your life so that then when the the decision needs to to be acted out, you've already made the decision. All you need now is the discipline to do that. I think John Maxwell has a great book called Today Matters and he talks about having made the major decisions of our lives, uh, make those ahead of times before we actually need to make that decision. For us as a a, a family, like as a a couple, me and Jane, churches are non-negotiable. If there's ever a chance not to go to church, we always err on the side, we're going to church. It's a a value in our life, okay? If there's an opportunity to be generous for someone, Jane and I, our decision is, that's it, it's a done deal. We just need the discipline to follow up the decision that we've made. Okay, so number 12, the best time to plant is now, is now. Don't wait for a better time. The sooner the better. The answer to your future harvest is in your hands today. Sow it today. Ecclesiastes 11.4 says, Those who wait for perfect weather will never plant seeds. And those who look at every cloud will never reap a harvest. Perfection paralyzes potential. One of these days I'll do that. When I earn more money, I'll tithe. Sorry, I had to get that in. When I've got more friends, I'll be friendly. We need to to plant today. We need to plant today. I said at the start, I'll give us 12 things that we need to, to know about God's laws of planting and harvesting so we can intelligently and intentionally plant with daring faith. Those 12 things are Everything starts as a seed. Nothing happens until the seed is planted. When we have a need, we need to plant a seed. Wherever we plant, whatever we plant is what we'll reap. We are not the only sower. We always reap in a different season than when we sow. We must, wait, we must be patient and not give up. We always reap more than we sow. We can increase our harvest by planting more seed. The more seed we plant, the more God will give us. We plant by faith and not by our feelings. And lastly, the best time to plant is now. So this morning, I want you to ask yourself this question, these questions. Of those 12 things, where do I need to dig a little bit deeper, sow a little bit more, trust God a little bit better, or sow by faith and not by my feelings? What needs do I foresee in my life that I'm going to have to have that I need to sow for today? 
What seed do I have? Where do I dare to sow in faith? And what's stopping you from planting in daring faith today? Let's stand. I hope that was helpful. Let's just uh, bow our heads and close our eyes, church.